Hello? You play to win the game. Let's go to eat a damn snack. We're taking receipts, and I can't wait to shove it down everyone's throat when it comes around. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. See you in Pittsburgh. Episode number four coming at you, battered Jets fans. And we got Pittsburgh coming up. Hopefully we get some Zach Wilson. We'll talk a little bit of the Bengals game. And I got, as usual, my co-host, Manny, here with me. How you doing, Manny? I'm doing amazing, bro. I'm doing amazing. It was uh, it was a tough watch seeing the All-22 for your game. Um, but we'll obviously get into that in a, in a second. But, you know, I always expect you to one-up me. Uh, I would say that you, you've done a good job of doing that now which with what we're about to do. When I said, hey, grab yourself a good fan, you didn't have to go all out. You didn't have to go all out, and I think that's exactly what you did. I got the fan. I got the, the fan. fan. We have a special guest on the episode today, uh, Chopped Food Network's Chopped Champion, Jets fan, Hall of Fame, class of 2017, Gotham City Crew's own Frank West. How are you doing, Mr. Frank West? I'm doing all right. How are you, fellas? I'm doing amazing. I mean, Manny's probably doing better than we are because he's a Dolphins fan, but we're, we're hanging in there. Yeah, well, he's living the dream right now, but probably sooner or later, he's going to wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I should bring Frank along with me when we recorded the Dolphins episode. <laughs> All right. Um, so, like I said, it's it's been a, a rough go, but before we get into the game, I kind of wanted to get into a, a little bit of, of Mr. Frank West. Frank, yeah. I had a couple questions for you. I saw that you were Food Network's top champion. Now, I had a couple questions. First of all, how long were you there recording that episode? Because you you cooked a lot, and that couldn't have been a quick like it, I watched it in forty minutes, but that must have been almost a full day. Well, more than a full day. I, honestly, we got there at like they told me to be there by six, but I'm like, if I'm not a half hour early, I feel like I'm two hours late. That's me. Oh, I love that. I got there at like quarter after five in the morning, and they're like all cloak and dagger about this thing too. Like they give you an address, they say, "Oh, this is a Starbucks. Just go there. We'll come get you when we're ready for you." They don't. They don't want you to know where the studio is. They don't want you telling other people. I guess I, I don't know. They oh. just try to keep it all hush hush. Hush hush. So I, I'm standing out there just waiting and some other guy walks up and I seen he had a knife bag with him. Like, if you know, like a, like a professional chef would have his, his knife yeah. and he looks at me and he goes, you want chop today? I'm like, yeah. Uh, and then another person showed up. And then when the fourth person actually it was, it was five. When the, when the fifth person showed up, somebody came down. They must've been watching from a window somewhere and they walked us across the street. We go up one elevator, we get off, we walk down a hall, we go up another elevator. It was like, I couldn't even find my way out of that building if I wanted to. It was all like, it was all mysterious what they were doing. And the fifth person was uh, just like a, a, a stand in just in case somebody panicked and couldn't do it or somebody didn't show up. They, oh. you know, they had, a, they had like a backup guy there. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, I was there from, 5.15 in the morning until probably about 11, 11.15 at night. Oh, wow. So it's like a full day. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not fooling around because the, the cooking portions, when they give you like, you know, 30 minutes on the clock or whatever, that's it. There's no fooling around with that. They don't give you extra time or anything. It's legit, like, to the minute. That clock is real. When it starts ticking, game on. Um, And, and it's not like football. There's no timeouts. Like, you just you got to play through. But uh, – that- that's but, actually yeah. funny. One of the judges actually said that there is no timeouts on this. And <laughs> while I was watching the show, I, I could tell you I'm, I'm a very picky guy. So your first one, your tailgate, black bean, salsa, stuffed peppers. I'm pretty sure I could have had eaten that. But I will tell you, when you were making those, uh, oh, man, the baby the baby back rib flautas, I was like, those looked delicious. I was yeah, like, I wish I could go for some of those right now. <laughs> I tell you what, I, that was a product of uh, uh, panic. Because I opened it up, and it's not just what was in there, because it, all things being equal, I could have made something out of that one way or another. But the product they gave us, like those ribs were way overcooked. They were probably in a refrigerator for a couple of days. They were so dried out. I'm like, oh, my God, what the hell am I going to do with this? I, I couldn't possibly make it the forefront because the, the quality of the product wasn't there. So I'm like, I got to bury this somehow. And it's my biggest complaint when I watch Chopped. It's like people are always – uh 
like they always like it's almost like they have a, a, a preconceived recipe in their head and they're just gonna stick the ingredients in. And I hate that. When I catch an episode like that, I, I yeah. change it. I'm like, I hope this guy loses and I, I just shut it off. <laughs> so, so when I seen it, I said, I gotta figure out a way to bury so it. You make adjustments. Right. Well, I looked over okay. to my left and I saw the pantry and I saw the uh you know, I saw the tortillas there, and I'm like, All right, now it's on. I can make flautas out of this. And it it just, I happened to be out from Mexican like two nights before. And that's what I ordered for dinner. I actually ordered, you know, chicken flautas. Yes. But uh, I I ended up saying, all right, I can make flautas out of this. And I, I went and I just, once that decision was made, that was it. There was no talking to me. I just, I zoned in and, and did what I had to do. But apparently I was the first person ever to make flautas on Chopped. Well, that was awesome. That. that kind you of. Are, you were season of, 31. I'm surprised. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they were impressed by that. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is history. So the detective, Hall of Fame fan, chop champion, and you, I want to say, how often do you call yourself the asphalt chic? Is that like an often <laughs> name that you use a lot? Yeah, that was another, that was another like panic moment. Like they asking me questions that I didn't, I wasn't prepared to answer. It's a good one though. It's a right? good one. I'm not complaining. That was it's, a great it was name. a great answer. So they, they were like, you know, how would you describe your food? And it, that was the first thing that popped into my head because I'm just thinking about me cooking it. I'm looking around like in my mind, I'm in the parking lot and I'm just looking yeah. around. And when I get there, there's, there's not a single car there. And right. all I see is asphalt for like miles, you know, well, whatever, half mile. Yeah. Away. It's just solid blacktop. Asphalt chic. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I loved it. Uh, so real quick. So back to the Jets. So you've been a Jets fan all your life, I'm assuming. Yeah, I can't remember. And I, I probably sound like a broken record to the people that know me. My uh, my mom's working theory is since I could crawl, my favorite color has been green. Okay. I always wow. gravitated towards things that were green. And then by the time I started watching sports or whatever, you know, just just seeing them on TV, it just I always was attracted to the Jets. You know, it just I, I guess it's a green thing, but I'm not going to fight it. <laughs> the, the picture I have of you is you yelling, and was it Garrett Wilson or Jermaine Johnson's face? But you were at the draft, and you were yelling at somebody's face. It, it was, I think it was Garrett Wilson. Yeah, and, and I have that picture. I wish I had it with me so I can up, uh, show, show it right now on YouTube. But there's a picture of them, too, and he, you could just see the the passion behind your face when we yeah. got Garrett Wilson. And th that was such an awesome picture. And, again, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you joining us today. No problem. Now, for the – unfortunate part now let's talk some Jets football which is you know the the tailgate is fun the hope is fun you know it's all fun until those 60 minutes when we actually watch the team and I, I really was expecting more this year but I mean I guess with our circumstances with Joe Flacco starting and offensive tackles and whatnot I guess I shouldn't expect too much just yet but I kind of wanted to get your feel for it Manny how do you how how are you seeing from an outside outsider's perspective? How are you viewing the Jets right now? Well, first of all, you're putting it mildly, saying that you were expecting more because well, well we don't have to have the conversation in front of Frank, but you were you were way more uh, optimistic than that. No, 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 no. I'm sorry, Frank. I, I'm I am not a crazy person. All I told him was by December I wanted to be in the hunt. That's my goal. Give me some you know little playoff little bracket. December. What teams are in the hunt? He said the Jets were going to be there. Um, that's all I want. Give me that this season. That's my goal, like or my hope that we are in the hunt. Give me some meaningful football and Christmas, and that's it. And then I'll take it as a W this year. My my rebuttal to him was me, meaningful is seeing what you got in Zach Wilson, seeing your team, this young team, get built together and see what they could potentially be. I thought he was a little ahead of himself, but I've said some outlandish stuff too when, on my show. So by all means, I'm not going to critique him for it. But from an outside perspective looking in, Danny, you, you saw that I picked the Jets to win this game. I yes. thought that they were there for the taking. And my and my ultimate reasoning for that, Frank, was you can't give up 21 sacks through two games. And then my feeling along 13, with Danny. 13, the, 13, 13. Sorry. 15. 15, sorry. 15 so, sacks, two games. My, my ultimate feeling about that was, all right, so we should be somewhere – you guys should have like – he should be up to 21 by the time he, you guys are done with him mm -hmm. because I thought the strength of your team is that front four. Like I 
if I'm going to bank on, on a strength being on your defense, it's going to be the front four on your defensive line. So for me, when I was watching this game, I was like, how are you guys not getting after him more? I felt like this is the most comfortable he's felt this season and ultimately not what I expected. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, both, actually. I, I don't think we're dead in the water yet. I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's two losses. All right. It's September. All right. Uh, I could still see this team doing double digit wins and, and making it happen. Um, I think our biggest problem right now is the uh, the issue that we have at quarterback. Uh, he looks like his shoes are made of lead. I think the guy doesn't move at all. He's just locked in there. And I don't want to take anything away from him. the guy was once upon a time. He was he was the tits. You know what I mean? He was he was fantastic. He won a Super Bowl down in Baltimore. But I mean, I think the game's just passed him by. And I think the reason we signed him, his capacity was supposed to be like an on-field coach. You know what I mean? Sure. A coach that's practicing with Zach Wilson. Uh, unfortunately, we had a bizarre injury happen that put him in the driver's seat for three games. It's not the end of the world. Uh, at the end of the day, he did pull out that game in, in Cleveland, even though, you know, I would love to say it was all him, but I'm going to say it was probably 75% Cleveland thinking it was in the bag and, and laid down. For and sure. Just expect the Jets to have that much fight left in them. Uh, they showed a stat. It was like over 2,000 times there has been a team trailing by 13 points at uh, the 92nd mark, and every one of them has lost except for the Jets last week. So I, I can give them some kind of credit there, but – he put us in that situation because we should have been able to win that game earlier, right? Yeah. It should have never even gotten to that. Same thing with that Baltimore game. We lost that game because of his immobility. Um, and this Bengal game, it was just as much him. This time I'm going to split it between his immobility, some bad decisions. Some of those throws were just, it was despicable. And, uh, and I, and I don't like doing this because I hate it, and I'll never do it at a game. I hate the boo birds that come out. The oh no, I, I I am with you on that, Frank. I also hate that. I hate right. I hate booing. You're not helping the situation, right? But I think this game, this should have been a coach him up game, because everybody saw what was going on. These guys gave up the 15 sacks in two games. We knew where the weaknesses were. It should have just been 100. percent Send the big boys up the middle and blow them over. Even if they got a couple of quick passes off and we paid with a 10 or 15 yard gain because, you know, the next level of defense is going to be your corners and maybe some deep safeties. But, you know, just send the linebackers, send the, the, the you know, the front four and just keep knocking them down. And I promise you, by the end of the first quarter, they would have had enough. They would have tried to get the running game going or something because Burrow would have been battered. Uh, Quentin Williams probably felt the same way because he was on the sideline screaming his head off at the defensive coordinator. So, I mean, for a 20, what, four, 25 year old kid, whatever, that's in the thick of it right there while it's happening to know enough that this is fucked up. We, yeah. we should be doing something different. Uh, that's a bit of a problem. So well, supposedly, supposedly Quentin blew up because he didn't want them to send more than four. He really? wanted, yeah, he wanted everybody to draw, to stay back. And defend, and he said that they can get to Bur Burrow with those four rushers. And he was upset that they blitzed because it was after the they sent seven, and then they hit him for that fifty-six yard touchdown with where Whitehead basically bounced off of Boyd, and Boyd went for fifty-six yards. So wow. Quinton Williams blew up because he was upset. He didn't think that it was necessary for them to blitz on that play. Yeah, well, that's so, that's uh, confusing to me because I thought he was mad that they weren't sending him help. Uh, as you could see. I get so busy on Sundays. Like, I seen him screaming. I was sitting, you know, whatever, 40 yards away from him. Yeah. Uh, but I don't get all the time in the world to play catch-up, you know, being a – you know, No, for sure. You know, full-time. No, for sure. full And the tailgate is another full-time job. I mean, I'll, I'll be cleaning dishes Thursday, you know. So, it's there's a lot of work. This I don't really get the time to sit down and watch uh, – you know, uh, sports TV or listen to sports radio. It's just constantly moving. But I'm, I'm glad you filled me in on that. Yeah, and, and a couple of things. I, I I know that the defense is getting beat up after last week because, I mean, the first, this is really so. They should have gotten to Burrow a little more. But I, I do want to preface this by saying the Steelers had T.J. Watt healthy when they were getting to Joe Burrow week one. They they played against the Cowboys week two against uh, Mika, Mika Parsons, Parsons. And, and, 
and Lawrence on the other side. So they have they played against some good pass rushes. The Jets should have given more pressure, but everybody expecting the Jets to get five or six sacks the way the Steelers and the Cowboys uh, got against the Bengals wasn't putting into perspective the fact that the Steelers and the Cowboys have a very good pass rush. And the Jets had a 32nd ranked defense last year. So, yes, they should have done more, but I think that they shouldn't get bashed as bad as they are. When you look at the defense on Sunday, it wasn't good. It, it wasn't. Right. But the first drive that the Bengals had, three times the Bengals converted on third down. You can't let them convert consistently on third down. The Bengals' second drive, fumble, we got the ball back. The Bengals' third drive, third and seven, and we also forced them to fourth down. But that's the JMF, the unnecessary roughness, where we ended up giving them an extra down, got the 15 yards, and then we gave up the 56-yard touchdown. Those three possessions were hard. I mean, the second one with the fumble wasn't that bad. After that, the Jets' defense settled down. Right. After the first quarter, Joe Burrow threw for 160-some yards the first quarter. The rest of the game, he threw for 100 yards. Like, I understand that the Jets need to improve. They're giving up way too many big plays, especially the safeties. That's a lot of mixed, messed up communication. There was a, a Jamar Chase touchdown where where uh, I think it was Joyner and Sauce ended up miscommunicating, and, and Chase was wide open. It was a mess. But if you look at the stats and really look at them, the defense is holding their own. Right now, they're ranked 16th in the league. Not great, but not as bad as last year. We're yeah. sixth against the run. Again, we're not doing great, but I think that they're getting bashed way too much. Again, they need to do better, but yeah. it's not necessarily the end of the world. Again, last year we were the worst in the league. Right. So I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't beat them up too much this week. I think this was more of a coach them up situation. I, I really think they should have they should have been on top of those films, saw what worked for the first two teams and then just made it happen for us. We work with what we have. Copycat. But it just seemed like they went in there with a vanilla, you know, game plan and it was just some generic, hey, let's try this. That shouldn't have happened. But I do part company with you. I think it was really only that first drive where we took the beating. Uh the second drive we forced the fumble and the third drive that penalty that wasn't that even killed us. Penalty, man. Yes. Did you see it though? He literally yeah. was diving before the ball left his hand, and he was just, if any reason to put his hands on the guy, was to but, just push the guy away so he didn't fall. I, I, I am a hundred percent with you, but once right. you see the replay and you see the the arm extension, they're right. gonna call that every time. Yeah, unfortunately, they, they're, they're gonna call that every time. Before they they even let the ball go. Yeah. So yeah, that was just a bullshit penalty. So my point that I'm making here is, I think they tightened it up right after that first drive. And, you know, I don't like giving out participation awards. You either fucking win or no, lose. No, there you go. But I'm going to tell you <laughs> one ray of sunshine that I see in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's my boy, Sauce. That kid mm-hmm. is he is special. He is absolutely spectacular. I mean, even the, the one the one touchdown that he allegedly gave up last week. He yeah. Against Amari Cooper. No, 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 no. He didn't get that. And then mm-hmm. you watch it on replay because I thought he did. I was like, there it is. Hasn't given up a touchdown since high school. It just happened now. And then mm-hmm. when he stood up. He was adamant that he didn't give it up. That ball was not caught. And as soon as you watch it on replay, you're like, oh, the, the one on the sideline. Yeah, he got his hand in there. Okay. He batted the ball. And then the guy, just, he couldn't, I can't remember who the receiver was. He couldn't even get his hands on the ball. It was just spinning. He hit that ball so hard, it was spinning in his hand. But, but they did charge him with the Amari Cooper touchdown. So technically, he has given up a touchdown because nope. the one where with the blown coverage, they charged it to Sauce. So technically, he has given a touchdown now. Unfortunately, oh, if we're going to go on but, technicalities, yeah, yeah I, I mean that, that's that's yeah. just what the stats say. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was a, it was a miscommunication. But I will tell you, when he was defending Jamar Chase on Sunday, Jamar Chase hands down top five receiver in the league, if not higher. Right? Yeah. He was on him ten snaps, one target. No completions. Yep. Sauce is the real deal. Oh, He's no, no. I got Jamar Chase on my fantasy football team, and I was playing you this week. So trust me, I know that Sauce was doing, yeah. his, doing his thing because he wasn't giving me any points. But mm-hmm. so I got your point on who's to blame, but my biggest blame has to be on, on the statue of Joe Flacco. You throw two, uh, two horrendous picks. Then yep. you also have three fumbles that you lost two of them. Listen. I, I told you last week, Danny, I didn't think that if Zach Wilson is even slightly still injured, I wouldn't start him. 
No. But by God, if, he, if, get, if he's hundred percent, you gotta, out get, him there, man. You gotta yeah. get get Joe Flacco out of there. That it was terrible to watch. He he for me, he definitely deserves the most blame. And that was another thing I was gonna bring up there, but I I just started thinking about my boy Sauce and I got all, all <laughs> but, uh, you met Sauce by the way, didn't you? Oh yeah, I cooked for him. Did, yeah, I, didn't I, you cook for him? He, he liked my food so much that when the autograph stuff was over, he actually called his mom and put her on the phone with me. I did a video chat with uh Mrs. Gardner because Oh, that's he, awesome. He like I guess on a break, he must have called her and said how much he liked my food. So she said when she moves out here, she wants to come to my house and get a cooking lesson so she can keep mm-hmm. us on happy. I said, nice. okay, as long as you keep him happy, I don't care because he's going to keep <laughs> me happy. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, the other point I was going to bring up is, yeah, we're, we're like 16th in the league or whatever, but look at the time of possession comparing us to the other 15 in front of us. I guarantee you our boys have been out on the field more than the rest of them. I mean, and it all comes down to Joe. I mean, that's a great point. I'm going to look that up. That's a yeah. great point. I mean, I'm not going to be able to do it now, but that's a no, great I'm, point. I'm going to look it up because I am. you're probably 100% sure – Right on that one. Yeah, I mean, he just, they're literally, they're just fucking always out there. It's unbelievable. I mean. But with those four turnovers, and one of those turnovers to start the second half, we were only down 11 points. We got the ball to start the second half. It was like 10 or 15 seconds into the second half. He turns the ball over inside our our own red zone. So yeah. the Bengals have to go 20 yards to score another touchdown. That's, that's on the defense, yes, because they scored. We want to keep them out of the end zone. But, man, you can't put that completely on the defense. So, again, our defense isn't where I want it to be. Uh, Granted, I understand. But, man, you cannot put all of this blame on the defense. The offense has a lot to do with this. I I 100% don't blame those guys. I know a lot of people out there. And that's another reason I try not to listen to too much sports radio or whatever. Because they just – these fans are calling in and just busting balls. And they're complaining about every little thing. I'm like – Really, take it into account. The guy's been out there, you know, 40 minutes out of a 60-minute game, 45 minutes. It's not even like an even split. Forget about it. You want your offense. Do you remember back in the Curtis Martin days? Our offense would be out there for for 45 minutes. The other guy's defense is dying. They can't even breathe because they've been Mm -hmm. out there so long. Just controlled rush game. No, not anymore. Now we're out here. No, no. No, But we don't rush the ball anymore. Like, if you look – so far this year, we've had over 200 snaps or offensive plays. 155 of them have been passing plays. 57 rushes. <laughs> that's not, e- not even close to 50-50. And that's what you usually want. You want more or less close to 50-50. 155 to 57. Like, I understand that we're playing catch-up. But this past game, we were only down 13. We were down two possessions with a quarter to go. We could still run the ball, yeah. But you're you're letting Joe Flacco just fling it all over the place, and, and I mean, I guess we can get into this. And we have absolutely no offensive tackles. Yeah, no, like, that, that sucks. When you have no offensive tackles, and you have Joe Flacco, who need is a pocket passer, he needs right. to have his feet set. If he doesn't have his feet set, he's not going to deliver a good ball. And with with that much pressure. He's doing the best he can. I can't blame him either because he, that's just not who he is. And he kept throwing off of his bad foot, back foot. He kept overthrowing open players. Like, it was bad. And I, 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 to an extent, I feel bad for him. And then last week against the Browns, he didn't look that bad. But it's because I guess we were so worried about Miles Garrett that we had a tight end and a running back helping chip Miles Garrett every play. But this week, we said, no, Miles Garrett isn't here. Don't worry about it. We're not going to help. And because they didn't help, Joe Flacco was just getting the – destroyed he was uh, un- un- undoubtedly he was getting his ass handed to him and that's why i feel bad blaming him but at the same time if he just had a half an ounce of self-preservation just run away from that big scary guy that's coming to kill you just do that. <laughs> that's all i'm asking i'm not asking you to be the hero and run for a first down when it's right. third and, and 27 no just save your own life just get out of the way if you did that it probably would have saved us a couple of fumbles you know what I mean? But no, he stands there like he's made of fucking marble. And the next thing you know, oh, Bengals ball. Well, I, I won't feel bad blaming him because, again, I'm not a Jets fan, so I'm allowed to blame him. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's terrible. So what's the what's the bigger issue for you, Mike? Is it your offense at this point in time, right before this pitcher break? Is it the offense that look, 
that's the bigger problem, or is it your defense? Because one of the things Danny and I discussed beginning of the season was going to be your front four on defense is going to be the strength, and your other strength, which I assumed it was going to be, was going to be Michael Carter and Hall coming out of that backfield. And so far, it hasn't been it. Now, mind you, Michael Carter has, has looked amazing running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. So great job for him. He looked great last year. He's continuing to look good this year. But that kind of has to be a uh, a sore spot for you guys because the, the front four didn't look good on defense, and then you're not getting a lot of production out of that running game either. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that. Uh, it, I think it all falls down to the offensive line being a little banged up already. Banged up, yep. Um, and they keep the, – George Fant, they keep moving him around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just why don't they just put him where he's comfortable? Because when they had him last year towards the end of the season, he was dialed in and he was he was playing all right, you know? And this is a guy that didn't even play college football. You know, he played he played basketball in college, I think, right? Um, so I mean it's all a learning curve for him. But you know, get him in his comfort zone because you gotta rely on him. You really don't have much of a choice otherwise. I mean, we know Beckton ain't coming back. And that guy, when we drafted his ass, I, I thought for sure that was going to be the answer. And uh, I think most people did. That guy's a monster. Yeah. Size-wise, he's a monster. He's tremendous. Tremendous human being. He's gigantic. But at the end of the day, I mean, the only thing that I, I, I can hang my hat on is if you think back to the, uh, what was that, the, the 20, uh, 2010, 2011 Giants, where they were, they were calling for uh, – Coughlin's head, fire, Eli, all of that shit. And Instead then, of 0-2? Yeah, well, they went further than that, right? Weren't they? No, they, no, they were 0-2, and, and they almost went 0-3. And the Redskins, they, I think they held on a, on a fourth and goal at the, the one-yard line. commanders, sure. Oh, I, I apologize, the commanders. And and they held tough, and they kept them out of the end zone, and they won that late game, and yeah. that changed the season. Yeah, but, but I think um, at some point, they were only like – they were like – one in four or one in five or whatever. And then they started getting people healthy. And then next thing you know, they go on this tear. And then I became a a huge giant fan when they were playing that cheating son of a bitch in the Super Bowl. I can tell you right now, (laughs) there's only, there's only been, there has only been three times where I rooted as hard as I did at a jet game. And that was twice for the giants and once for the Eagles and that damn Philly special damn near had me jump through my ceiling because I just love looking at his face when he's sitting on the sideline, crying that son of a bitch, just breaking tablets. Yeah. (laughs) Cheating bastard. Dude, I don't give a shit. If you beat me fair and square, I'm man. I'll shake your hand. Don't fucking cheat. You cheat one time and I'll just, you, you on truck, just, just retire because that's it. Anything that you do beyond this point, is suspect. Right. Yeah. yeah. Done. Well, you, you're talking about the Giants and how they started in 2010. Don't forget that the, the Jets, and was it in 04 or 06, when they started 1-4, and, and then Hermit Edwards came out with his, you played away in the game, 1-4 and four turned into a playoff berth. So, yeah. I mean, it happens. I tell you what, I remember sitting in the stadium for that one when we're, we're all watching uh, a certain uh, South Florida team was playing. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Depending on the outcome of that game, dictated whether or not we could even make the playoffs. And we and, and we uh, beat the the Packers. No, they were playing. It was no. uh, what was it? It was uh, Miami and uh, the Bills or, or the Patriots. When it, they were playing the early game, and then we had the late game. And I remember sitting there, and just as soon as the game went final, now we're in a position win and we're in because that was a three way tie. It was we were nine and seven across the board. Yeah. We ended up winning the division. And and I just remembered after that game came in, they they put the camera on Herm Edwards, and all you saw was before he put his headset on, he just looked over at the team and said, win, and put his headset on. And that was it. The whole stadium went batshit. Yeah. <laughs> so, Danny, old days. <laughs> quick question to you before we move on to the next two. <laughs> I don't know what this next subject is that you're actually going to pull out of your ass, but I'll <laughs> ask you anyway. But before we get to it, what was the bigger issue for you so far this season, your defense or your offense? Um, I, I'm gonna say I gotta say it's the offense. I gotta, yeah. I gotta you think it's the offense line, between the line I agree. And, and and then Flacco's just immobility. That's that's where the big problem is. Because again, I'll, I'll defend the defense. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Defend the defense. I like what you did there. Uh, I'll defend the defense all day. Just the amount of time that they're spending out there because of the turnovers, because of the the three and outs, because of the the, the you know when they play the field position game, we're losing it because the offense isn't getting us anywhere. Um, yeah. So I gotta say it's it's. 
It's square. It's I can't even blame the whole offense. Right, right. You're just it, picking one or the other, and, and right now you're picking the offense. As yeah, the I got to pick one or the other, I got to say offense. But, I mean, it's, it's just a few key problems on the offense because, let's face it, Garrett Wilson, that kid is – he's special. Yes, he, he is. is. special. My heart dropped when, when he went out on that play. Mm-hmm. I, I, I lost my shit. But, yeah, he came uh, back, though. Yeah, he um, did. If I had to choose – I'm going to stray away a little bit from my options. I'm mm-hmm. going to say Jeff Ulbrich, the defensive Oof. coordinator. Okay. Reason being, a, a couple reasons. One, tell me. our strength is supposed to be our defensive line, and it's supposed yep. to be anchored by Quinn and Williams. Yep. Quinn and Williams is currently ranked 60th in number of snaps for defensive linemen. 60th. He is supposed to be our best player on the defensive line. He has to be playing more than 60% of our defensive snaps. He has to, right? It's a, it's a contract year for him. He's going to do everything he can to ball out to get his money. Put him on the field more often. This whole circulating the defensive line and constantly uh, in and out, I- I'm not feeling it. We got to stop that, and we have to stop all this zone coverage. We give so much cushion. It's ridiculous. I, I, we have Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. They've proved that they are good cornerbacks. I'm not going to say great yet because obviously they've, it's only been three games, but they're good enough. Let them go and be on an island with these receivers. Like why we play so much zone, it's extremely frustrating. And then our safeties are probably – we probably have the worst duo in the league, which, which I'm scared as hell when we play the Dolphins, but I guess we'll leave that for next week. But our safeties are horrible. If, if passes in their direction, Joiner passer rating, giving up 150.8. Whitehead, 158.3. Like, if you throw in their direction, you're going to get a big play. And it's that is the biggest weakness is our safeties. So Jeff Ulbrich and our safeties, I think, is the biggest weakness, not the offense. I like exactly. it. I like, I like that you went off topic there, and uh, it, it was it was solid, and I agree with you. Quentin Williams should be on the field more. Regardless of it being a contract year or not, he's your stud up in the middle. You got to play him. He, if he's like – He's playing I'm not 60% saying he is, of the snaps. Right, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald, but if he, if he is your definition of an Aaron Donald, he needs to be more on the field than just 60% of the plays. So we'll go into this next question, and I'll come right back to you, Frank. I don't know. I don't know who you guys are going to pull out of the rabbit hat. I'm going to tell you right now. I, 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 I could say Garrett Wilson, but if you had to pick a bright spot of this game, what would it be? You take it in or me? Uh, you go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to. I got to go with Garrett Wilson. Yep. I got to go with Garrett. The kid is special. He's he's absolutely magical. Um. I picked up on it in the preseason game against the Giants. It was a timing route. It was a little comeback. Get to the sticks, turn around, the ball's going to be there. Flacco being Flacco, missed the mark. I'm like, fuck, there goes an opportunity. That kid dives for the ball, catches the ball, somehow gets his feet under him, makes the turn upfield because now when he came back for the ball, he's he's clearly two, three yards short of the first down. He has his head on a swivel, turns upfield, gets the first down. I'm like, that was a rookie. Like that yeah. was a veteran move. That was that was fucking amazing. And then they took him out right after that drive because it was preseason, and they you know they didn't want to wear out the the starters. They want to check what they got on the bench. So you didn't get to see too much. And then when he comes out in week one, and then in week two he gets even better. And then this week I think he would have put on a clinic if he didn't ring his bell. But you know I guess that was what early in the third quarter where he was uh, yeah. He was seeing the two yeah, yeah. around or whatever. Well, well, they got a clean shot into his ribs. Yeah. So Nick, when knocked out of him, it was it was rough. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm, I'm going to give you two. Okay. Sauce Gardner, I think, is an obvious one. Of course. He played great against Jamar Chase. And then I'm going to keep bringing up Max Mitchell because everybody's talking about how bad our offensive line is. And this rookie, fourth-round rookie that no, nobody really talked about before you, the season you, started. You didn't hear his name a lot again. No, he is holding his own. Like, if we can get the same production we're getting out of our rookie right tackle on the left side, we might be okay. But the left side is, is man, it's, it, they're destroying us on the left side. With And now that George Fent, I don't know if you guys heard, is out for the next four weeks. Oh, so unless, I did so not un- hear that. Yeah, wow. he's out for the next four weeks. Well, so unless – The idea of getting him comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so unless we uh, – what's this kid's name? The, the guy – kid he's my age Dwayne Brown 
unless our, our free agent, unless he comes back, which supposedly he could come back this week, unless he comes back, we're going to have Connor McDermott out on the left side. And man, that guy's like a turnstile. Like everybody just goes right past him. So we're going to have to go back to that strategy we had again with against uh, Miles Garrett because Zach Wilson's going to have a long day otherwise. But yeah, Max Mitchell. Max Mitchell, I think, is, is really holding his own. And, and that was a great pickup by Joel Douglas. I want to I want to throw this one name out there because in the preseason you picked up you picked him you picked him as the go to guy that this Jets offense is going to go to outside of Braxton Berrios outside of Gary Wilson right your boy Tyler Conklin showed up again and, and you told me this guy is going to be a guy you got to pick up in fantasy he's going to get good targeted he's the better pass catcher at tight end for your team another eight catches eighty four yards whether it was a garbage type or not they keep looking for this guy and when you look for him he he's catching the ball he's a safety blanket for sure. The only issue I had with him is that he had two big fumbles the first two games. But this but this game, he, he held on to the ball. Tyler Conklin, that's a good one. I mean, he, when he gets targets, he, he get, makes the catch. And, and you know what? He's deceptively quick and because and, I didn't realize how quick he was. But when he gets the ball and he turns up field, he's getting, he's getting some yak. Yeah. He's yakking it up. All right. One of the, one of the big questions that we, we've talked about since the Zach Wilson injury, what is he going to come back week one? We both said he's not going to come back week one. No. But one of the questions we did bring up last week, and obviously we're letting Frank know about it now, was if you have the opportunity to start Zach Wilson, do you start him against Pittsburgh? My initial answer was last week, if there's even a doubt that he's not 100% healthy, by all means, leave Joe Flacco out there. But the way that Joe Flacco looked week one, the way he looked week three, I'm sorry, if you're 99% healthy, Zach Wilson, I need you, for me, if I'm a fan of the team, I need you out there against Blitzburg. So I'll pose the question to you, Danny. Should Zach Wilson start against Blitzburg this upcoming week? For sure. Like, we can't wait any longer. Now, I am a little scared because of our left tackle situation yep. and him coming back from a knee injury. It but does worry me a little bit. He is mobile, but the chances of him getting hit and re-injured are a lot higher against a team that blitz so heavy and the fact that we're so weak at left tackle. So it does worry me that he might come back for this game and we could lose him for the rest of the season depending on a bad hit. Fair enough. But because TJ Watt isn't there, I feel a little better. Because initially, I remember I told you, I always wanted him to come back week five against the Dolphins. I wanted it to be a home game and I wanted him to stay away from TJ Watt because TJ Watt would hunt them down. But because TJ Watt is out and Joe Flacco just... He can't play against a, a behind the bat O line because he can't move. We need Zach Wilson back ASAP. So yes, bring him back, even if it's against Pittsburgh. And Frank, kind of touching on that, Pittsburgh—they're always solid on defense. You know they haven't been great by far, any stretch of the imagination. They gave up a, another big chunk of yards to Nick Chubb, but granted, Nick Chubb's running wild on everybody right now. But as far as your defense goes. They're not scary. So if Zach Wilson is even halfway ready to go, do you start him next week? Yes. Yes. Because you know what? We if One thing above all this year, we we have to know if this kid can be a starter in the NFL. All right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm sick of this fucking drafting a quarterback. Then, oh, I got mono from a stripper. And then, <laughs> my, you know. I hurt my fucking knee now. Get the – no, stop it. I can't keep waiting two, three, four years to find out if the quarterback's going to be any good. You know what? Throw him in there. Make it happen. It's as simple as that. If you're worried about the, you know, Blitzberg, as you call him, if you're worried about mm -hmm. that, throw somebody in the backfield, let him pick up the blitz, and then you dump off to your fucking, you know, your number two, your number three, whoever's underneath. Yep. Let, let, Con let Conklin, Conklin release after his block, and you got your bailout over there. But – Either way, don't don't handle him with kick gloves. He's a big fucking boy. He made it through fucking college. He packed on about fucking 15 or 20 pounds in the offseason. He looks mm -hmm. like he's fucking Adonis, for Christ's sakes. I'm ready for him to, to start doing, like, uh, world's strongest man competitions, the way this kid is heading. And and you're going to turn around and say, oh, he got a boo-boo on his knee? No, I'm sorry. We gave you a few weeks off. Get in there and fuck shit up. That's what you are. I, I fucking like it. Danny, I... I, I, there's no there's no better way to, to set that up and to move us into the next one. Yeah. Battle Jets fan prediction time here. And like I said, I saw I saw the Steelers and I, I watched that Amazon Prime game against the Browns. Outside of giving up Nick Chubb, I they didn't look they didn't look nice to me. I picked the Jets to win last week just because I didn't think the, I didn't think the Bengals were gonna serve. I didn't think Joe Burrow was gonna survive against you guys. I really thought you guys were gonna get after him. And Coming into this game again, 
Mitch Trubisky, he doesn't scare me. Najee oh. Harris, he doesn't scare me right now. Now, granted, last year's Najee Harris, maybe, but this year's Najee Harris, he hasn't looked that impressive either. I'm sorry. I think I'm going to give you two here because we don't know yet, right? We don't know if Zach Wilson's going to play or not. Uh, uh, it's just about a certain that he's going to play. They, okay. they basically said it on Sunday that he's that he'll be playing. Okay, so Zach Wilson playing. I don't know, man. 2017, another low-scoring game like they just had with the Browns. I see you guys pulling this out and winning this game. How about you? Go ahead, Frank. You take it. Yeah. What are you um, saying? Here's the problem when you ask me predictions. I drank the Kool-Aid. So if uh, you ask okay. me, I, I don't give a shit. Back in 1995 when we were 1-15, I would have told you every week we're winning by three touchdowns. <laughs> but, uh, I, I really think Zach comes back, and that's going to be enough to fire up this offense. So the defense is going to be fresh when they get out on the field. And I – I think we put up, I think we put up a, a few touchdowns and a dub. I think you're going to see, you know, uh, Garrett Wilson have a big day. I yeah. think you're going to you're going to see uh, Braxton Barrios. I think I can see that kid busting one. That's I mean, his boy. Yeah, I, I can see him busting one. Like one of them little underneath little dinks. Like, oh my guy ain't open. Here you go, five yards out, and then boom, there he goes. I mean, he's a wiry little fuck, you know? Well, thank you. And, and and you know what? That's something that I want to bring up. Why don't we fucking throw screen passes? We have Brees Hall and Michael Carter, which are great with the ball in open, open field. We yep. have Braxton Berrios and Elijah Moore. We keep throwing to Elijah Moore on the sideline. He is yep. not 6'4". He's like 5'8". He can't win a jump ball. Why the fuck are you throwing out routes to him? You know what he told me and Louie from, you know, you know my boy Louie from yeah. Gotham City Crew, right? We yeah. went and met with him over, and he was doing something over in Staten Island. We stopped over there, right? And I brought my son with me. Uh, there was like three of us. I forget who else. Maybe three or four of us. I don't remember. All he goes, we walked in, and he goes, let me get a picture of you guys. And he stood up and goes, God damn, you guys look like you should be playing. Look at the size of you guys. Like He got all excited at how big we were. And I'm like, Jesus, my kid, who I've been telling for the past seven, eight years, you're too small to play football. Was big, almost as big as him. I can't say he was big. He was a little taller. You know, my kid's five eleven, but uh, stature wise, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! And it, you, you're throwing out patterns to this guy? No. Yeah, you throw, you're throwing deep. And you know what's really frustrating? That they did it twice on fourth down. On fourth down, come on, man! Put Elijah Moore in the slot. Like, you know what? I, I think take it back. You know what the biggest the biggest deficit is? Our offensive coordinator, <laughs> Michael Floor. He's pissing me off. Run the fucking ball. Throw screen passes. Yep. Give me set something, up, Set up your man. play action. Man, yeah, man, the guy's pissing me off. I think the problem there is, in LaFleur's defense, is that, you know, if you're uh, if you're driving like a, a, a 1978 Pinto, you're not going to win the Indy 500. <laughs> I mean, that, that's all it comes down to. He's working with I, what he's got. I, I'm going to assume know. Flacco is the Pinto in this, in this analogy you're using here. You know yeah, what? I'm I not going to lie. I, I'd rather see Adam Gase call plays right wow. now because Adam Gates, all Adam wow. Gates does is throw screen passes. All he does is throw screen passes. Give me Adam Gates. He'll that's, throw screen passes to Brees Hall and Michael Carter all day. Listen, I'm going to apologize for you just in case LaFleur is watching because he might find you. <laughs> like, you say shit like that, he may come to your house because those those are fighting words where I'm Those from. are fighting words. But, but I'm, As somebody but I'm, who had them, those are fighting words. Uh, we both we both suffered through Gates, but yeah. I'm saying – like, come on, man. Just get these guys in the open field. Obviously, yeah. Joe Flacco well, has no time to pass, so just get them the ball in the open field. I agree with Frank. Elijah Moore, Speed, Michael Carter, Brees Hall, even Braxton, Braxton Berrios. Berrios. Listen, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Braxton Berrios, even coming from last year, they had a re- they had a really good, basically, chemistry and connection. Like, he's always looking for Braxton. And granted, yeah. you have all the, all the talent right now, Garrett Wilson. But I think that him coming back, that's another – level that adds to your offense is the fact that he will throw that now granted one of the knocks that you've had on zach wilson before you give me your prediction danny here is the short passing game yeah he could yes. launch it on the field 85 yards but his yeah, accuracy man, but he, needed to improve he, he, yeah he bounces those a lot i don't i'm not sure why those those short easy passes he, he bounced them a lot last year but supposedly he worked on it a lot this this offseason so, so i i think i think that's also going to be a positive him playing granted it, it's his first week coming back but i think even if he does what frank said have the tight end in, block, release, boom, there's your option. Have a running back come, chip off the defensive end, boom, there's another option. He may not have Garrett Wilson there to be able to throw the ball down the field the whole game, but if he takes advantage of those dink and dunks, I think it's going to be very positive for you guys. But ultimately, 
give me what you got for this week. Well, I played it conservative the first three weeks, right? I, yes, I thought we would beat the Ravens, but low scoring. I thought we'd beat the Browns, low scoring. I figured we would lose against the Bengals. I thought we'd look a little better, but I figured we'd lose against the Bengals. But this week coming up, I feel for some reason so optimistic with Zach Wilson coming back and the fact that we're playing against Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. The Steelers are known for their ground and pound, but they haven't they don't have one player that's rushed for more than 50 yards so far this year. Correct. Like I feel like the Steelers are finally on the down slope because Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I think this might be the first one. I think that all this talk about the defense will finally fire up the defense. And I think they're going to come out and they're going to destroy Mitch Trubisky. And I see it again. I'm not sure why I feel so optimistic because I've been so so cautious with my predictions. This, I feel we're going to score 31. I say 31 wow. 17. 31 17. I'm saying it. He, he called my exact score. Yes, he did. Yeah. He called my exact. Dude, I, sh- I shit you not. I was going to take 31 17. So I, I feel like we're, we're on the money. Then it's going to happen. If we both predicted it, it's going to happen. Bro, and I'm telling you right now, it's obviously there's a field goal involved, but it's going to be two touchdowns to Wilson, one to Berrios, and you're going to have one from uh, – fuck, why am I one – One of the running backs? Uh, Brees Hall. That's Brees what Hall. I was trying to think. I think Brees is going to right his wrongs. He dropped a couple of easy ones last week. I think he's going to dial in, and I think he's going to be our blocking back when we have somebody sitting back there and he's going to get one of those dinks, just like Berrios is going to get one coming across the middle. He's going to get one where Zach's under pressure. We're going to drop it off to him. And once he's got that ball in his hands, he's going to burn up field, get through there. But like yeah, and I, I'm thinking and, and, uh, I'm thinking the same. And some, an advice to you, Manny, don't start, don't start Tyler Compton this week. Cause I have a feeling CJ Usama being the better blocker is going to be in the game a lot, helping out on the left side. Tyler Conklin, I don't think he's going to get as many snaps as he's been getting in the previous games because they need to help the left tackle because, I mean, we have to protect Zach. Yeah. Let Zach play, but you got to help protect him. So I have a feeling CJ Uzama is going to get a lot more snaps this week than Tyler Conklin. So you might want to play it safe on fa- in fantasy-wise. I appreciate, the, I appreciate that. So, listen, we're at the end of it. Frank, it, it means the world to us that, listen, regardless of what awesome. you want to say, you're, you're big time. You're big time. So for you to take the time to be able to go, come and join our, our our little show that here that we put together, granted it's a Jet show, maybe that's why you did it. But ultimately, <laughs> you're big time. We appreciate that you took time out of your night to come and spend time with us talking some Jet football. So again, awesome that you were here. You have so many titles, Detective Frank, Ch- uh, Chop Champion, Hall of Famer. Dude, you, you were amazing. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and I have one, one, one last question for Frank before we let you go. Yes, sir. You've been a Jet fan forever. I need to know, favorite Jet player of all time. Are you kidding me? You got to look at my my Instagram page. You got to look at Facebook. Dude, I only wear one jersey. Who is and it? I don't, care what, I don't care what Mr. Johnson, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, fuck that. There's 185 <laughs> in this world, and that's Wesley Walker. Wesley Walker? Okay, Wesley okay. Walker. You know what? I, ju- I just realized you are always wearing the 85. Every you single even wore 85 on the show. Yes, he now did. That I think about it. Yes, he did. Yeah, you wore 85 yeah. on the show. And, and the only okay. reason I'm not wearing it right now is because I wash it after a loss. We win. If we win 10 games in a row, that thing's going to smell like somebody's underwear. But <laughs> if, if we lose, it has to be washed. It has to be washed. So right now, I love under. that. But, I love uh, that. But yeah, Wesley so Walker. I got to get it cleaned okay. up for the trip to Pitt. But um, okay. yeah, Wes actually came out to the tailgate this week. He, I know, uh, I saw. I saw that he was eating some of your hot dogs. Yeah, the Gotham Glizzy. I'm gonna bring them yeah. out to Pittsburgh. Teach these guys what real food is all about. Let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me ask I'm gonna you. Take Manny up to New York so we can go to your tailgate. Do you it's guys great. travel to Miami as well? Because I would love to come and uh, come come join your tailgate if you're coming to Miami as well. Why are you looking at me like my wife just bought the plane tickets three days ago? What's that about? Oh, <laughs> oh. I take Dan. I take Danny to that game. I'm a season ticket holder as well. I, I take Danny to that game, so it'll be awesome to meet you in person when you come down here. Yeah, uh, I forget the name of her. I'll I'll reach out to you guys when uh when I have all the details. I've only been down there one other time. Uh, I think that was 2018. Uh, my girl Mirta is. Uh, Oof, that was a bad uh, game. Dolphin chick, yeah, no shit. And I was the jackass wearing my whole Santa Claus thing in the end zone because we were playing <laughs> towards the end of November. So I'm like, all right, I got to wear the Santa Claus. We're getting close to the holidays. As long as it's after Thanksgiving, I'll wear the Santa Claus thing. So uh, I had a, a, a Hawaiian shirt, like a floral shirt with my Santa yeah. Claus get up on. 
and I'm standing in the end zone. And let me tell you a little something about your stadium down there, Junior, because I'm a little pissed off about this. I spent $680 per ticket so I could be the first guy in the end zone only for me to get there and find out that there's some kind of floor seats sitting in front of me where now – Yep. Granted, the Jets didn't score a touchdown that game, but had they, <laughs> they couldn't even get over me. I will tell you, if you ever find yourself in Dolphins Twitter, you will see that the majority of our actual fan base, and I don't mean those plush seat wearing living mofos that pay 50 grand for the season to sit in those seats. If you catch yourself with an actual fan like myself, we hate those seats. Our end zone should be right in the right on the Asante core. They should be able to dive on top of me. I should have Christian Wilkins sitting on my lap every single time there's a touchdown celebration. Wait, because so Manny, see, Manny sits behind the end zone and he is in the first row. So he has the seats that you paid for. Oh, yeah. really? I do. Yeah. I section 130, row one. Hang on, because that, that was my one of my first digital tickets, and I still have it in my G Pay. So let me find that. Right. Well, while you do that, we'll keep talking after this episode's over because nobody wants to hear our our, yeah. our uh, <laughs> travel plans. So, Listen. again, Frank, thanks a lot for joining us. Absolutely, yep. guys. Listen, anytime we can get the word out there about Gotham City crew, we're going to stop in. I mean, like, I'll bust balls and I'll tease you about your Dolphins or whatever, but everybody's welcome. If you look at our videos that we put up from last week, I had my boy Bengals Jim and Tony the Tiger coming in from Cincinnati. They brought 150, 200 Bengals fans with them. You know, so everybody's welcome. I mean, I did bring a cat toy to to torment them a little bit. I will give it to you there. But everybody, ha it's all about having a good time. It's about making connections with people. And when we go out there to uh, Cincinnati at some point, I'm sure we're going to be welcome with open arms. And, For sure. Uh, that, so that's why we, we try to spread the message with Gotham City Crew. It's, it's, it's not just about the greatest food you're ever going to have, that asphalt chic deliciousness. It's, uh, it's just about the people that are around you. And we really we try to put on a good show and make everybody have a good time. So keep I love that it. in mind when you're for well, all your traveling needs. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the battered jet fan himself, Danny G. I am the bearded fanatic, Manny P. That was Frank, the asphalt chic, joining us here on the battered jet <laughs> fan podcast. So next time, y'all, week five. Oh, with dolphins. Go Jets. <laughs>